brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I've Been Thinking. It's me, your girl, your host, Elena Grace, and today we have a special repeat guest, our friend Chris from Passion Pod. Hey guys, how y'all doing? <laughs> so if you've not listened to the first episode we did together, it was way back in January of 2021. Uh, or maybe we recorded in December, but either way, it came out in like January, I think. It was really good. He talked about chasing your passions because that's kind of what his podcast is about, right? Do you want to tell us what your podcast is about, Chris, for those who maybe don't know you yet? Yeah, so the lowdown on the show, it's called The Passion Pod. It's an inspirational storytelling experience where I feature unique guests that are also pursuing careers based on their passions. And the whole goal of the show is to inspire the listener to think about the things they're passionate about and help them find more ways to incorporate those passions into their lives. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely. <laughs> it's like you've like really like niche down, I guess, your elevator spiel. That was like really concise, really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I got to tell a lot of people about it since I talk about my show a lot. Yeah, I bet you have. And you, it's really blown up. You have like a ton of followers on Instagram. You have a ton of really awesome guests on too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the show has gotten pretty big. I 
I never intended it to be like a local thing. I intended to travel around and interview people. And COVID came in and kind of stopped that from happening. So I ended up doing mostly episodes with local business owners, which was cool. Um, and then I won an award for being like best local podcast. And the description was talking about how the host, Chris Johnson, talks with local business owners about their passions and stuff. And so I got the award and I'm like, man, this show's not about local stuff. Like, I appreciate local people, but it right. don't box me in. That's really not the point. Right. Um, and then as the pandemic kind of went on, eventually people realized, like, kind of regardless of how you feel about it, we still have to work. We, mm-hmm. we just have to figure out a way to work. So um, I ended up going out to L.A. and doing a, recording a bunch of episodes, I want to say in February. Um, and from there, I just kind of had built up quite a bit of a network. And it's kind of, you know, once you interview somebody you kind of are in their network of friends if you do right by them. And then you say, hey, do you have any friends that might be a good fit for the show? And then they do. And because of that, I've kind of built a pretty big network um, with a lot of people that have a lot of reach, you know, relatively famous people. Yeah. Um, In which case that is kind of every time somebody like them posts, you know, like I, you've seen that, you saw that I had Lamorne Morris from New Girl on the show. Yeah. When you contacted me about that. So he was on the show and he's like, I don't know, not an A-list celebrity, but pretty big. On well, yeah, New New Girl was like a huge show. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got a million something followers. So when he posted like <laughs> Just his story about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he posted to his story a handful of times or something about my show. And so when things like that happen, all of a sudden followers flood in. And I've had, I don't know, quite a few guests that are the 100,000 or more right. since then. Um, so that's kind of helped quite a bit. But I still want to see the show grow a lot bigger than it is. I feel like it's still in the baby stages. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, I've had some friends that I've invited on that I wanted to hear what they had to say, but they also just so happened to have like a big following. And I cannot tell you, I mean, maybe you yourself would understand, but like for the listener... I had um, my friend Anna Grace Newell. She's a huge influencer in Nashville. She came on and my listens for that day were like 50 times higher than a normal day. Yeah, I don't have like that drastic of a difference. I think because... That was insane for me. I have... Well, a lot of my guests are like relatively... That makes me sound cocky, but a lot of my guests (laughs) are way bigger than I am. You know what I mean? So it depends on episode to episode, but it certainly like helps a lot. And it helps with, um, you know, when you reach out to other guests and it's not, it's not about the following. So I guess to clarify that it's more, most creative people, if they have a following just means that they have a really interesting story, which is why people are following them in the first place. Right. Right. They're successful. They've been doing it And their story is interesting and they're probably pretty likable. So they end up being good guests. It's not really because of the following. That's just kind of adds to it. And when you talk about any kind of entertainment thing, I've talked to you before about how like you can get paid in way way more ways than just dollars. Dollars Mm -hmm. are just a tool. And reaching new listeners when you're talking about a show is the best way to grow it. So Mm -hmm. if you have somebody on who has a totally different fan base or listener base than you do, that's kind of the best way to get it. And in combination with them being incredibly interesting and having this cool story, it's like win-win for everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the thing with Anna Grace, because I don't want people to think that I did that just for her following. But Mm -hmm. she had an incredible story. She had incredible things to tell us, incredible information, all this, you know, all this advice. And she's just got like an incredible energy. So people love to listen to anything she has to say. Like, truly, people eat her up. And so when she came on the show, 
the people loved it. Yeah, her well, her fan base loved it and came to me and was like, "Wow!" Right? Yeah. Well, so I like I had this weird idea in my mind that people who are really successful, who made a lot of money, who are famous, or and I'm I'm not interviewing super famous people, but in general, like who have like a little bit more notoriety. For whatever reason, in my mind, I always kind of thought they would be like jerks. I don't yeah. know why I thought that, but that's just what I thought. And I come to find out, the more I've like met people the really successful people aren't bad at all. They're always the total opposite. And then it kind of made sense when I thought about it. I'm like, well, if these people were jerks, they probably wouldn't have made it this far because people yeah. want to work with people that are likable and enjoyable to be around. Generally people, you know, a people person does better in their career than mm -hmm. somebody else. So it made sense. And I'm like, Oh, now I really want to meet all these people because they're not intimidating. They're just like super cool people. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, I think that you said it really well. Almost always people who are influential and in like a good spot financially, whatever, they're going to be, or very successful financially or in their business or whatever it is, they're usually going to be people that you want to meet. Definitely not always, but for the most part, they're going to be people you want to meet and hear from because they have to have a good story or a good personality to have gotten where they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the reason they got promoted, the reason they got the attention is because people enjoyed them. Yeah. Yeah. So the show's gotten really cool because it, I was really limited being in my space, interviewing people where I live, uh -huh. simply because people's stories were pretty similar because we had a lot of the same experiences just because right. we live in the same space. So it's not like their stories aren't interesting, but there's a ton of overlap. And I really didn't want it to be boxed. I wanted it, the, the whole point, like I said, is to inspire the listener to think about their passions and help them find more ways to incorporate those. So how can I do that more broadly so that way everybody listening can find a guest that they identify with? Well, it's to have people from all over the place doing all kinds of stuff. And for me, going out to L.A., that's kind of what I do now is every couple months I'll go out and I'll record, I don't know seven-ish episodes in a week. I'll just like hammer out a, out a bunch of work and then come back. People in LA aren't from LA. Like the right. vast majority of creators aren't from there. They're from all over the country. So each of their stories is drastically different. And we talk about their upbringing and why they chose to do that. And there is the common thing of you know, coming to LA, but I don't really spend a lot of time on that. So it ends up like having a lot more unique stories. And honestly, like I'm just really interested in all the stories because I have no idea how somebody comes to that. You know, one of the yeah. more recent episodes I had Maestro Harrell on the show, which if you're not familiar with him, he was like a child star. He had his own TV show when he was seven. He's been in commercials since he was like three. He was on, uh, he's been in a lot of TV shows. He was on The Wire for a long time. He's in that Harriet Tubman movie. He's been in a oh, ton cool. of stuff. Yeah. I'm um, looking him up. <laughs> yeah, he's not like, he hasn't been like the star main actor of things, but he's just been around Hollywood. He's a rapper. He makes music. Um, but he's been around in like a celebrity since he was little, you know? Yeah. Um, so his story was just like crazy. His parents had him signed up for piano lessons. They literally went to sign him up for piano lessons while he was still in the womb. Oh my gosh. And named him Maestro because they wanted him to be in entertainment. And when he was like an infant, we're, we're putting up headshots for baby commercials and stuff. He's never had a regular life at all. By the time he was seven, he grew up in Chicago. He was flying every single weekend to LA to record for his own TV show every weekend when he was in elementary school. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. So just being able to talk to, up to him about all that stuff is like incredibly interesting. I mean, think of if you ran into that type of person where you're like sitting around a campfire, you're going to be drawn to them because you're like, my life's nothing like yours. I really Absolutely. want to care, you know? 
Yeah, I recognize his face too. I looked him up. I do recognize him. Yeah, he's been around. He, like I said, he's not, you know, he's not like a crazy main character, but he's been around. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And I actually, you kind of answered my question because I was going to ask you if you had any plans to travel anywhere else, mm. um, like to record in a batch, like go to New York or go to somewhere like that. But what you, I mean, you said nobody in LA is from LA for the most right. part. So it's just the easiest way to get absolutely. I actually don't like LA as like a place very much <laughs> um it's not really my vibe I'm too slow moving well I yeah. shouldn't say that like business wise I come and I get stuff done I'm hard working but my attitude is a little more more mellow laid back and people aren't that way there it's very yeah. like, cutthroat because it's so competitive so it's not like the vibe that I like but I can get a ton of work done in a short period of time and as far as New York I really do like that is the plan is to do stuff out in New York, to take trips to, I want to do international things long term, you know, that would go be to Barcelona and do yeah. stuff. It's, um, but the problem is it, when it, like getting guests, it's a lot of it's about networking, mm -hmm. which um, you kind of have to know somebody, which is unfortunate, but it's kind of how it works. So it's funny because I have a bigger network in Los Angeles than I do in Minneapolis and Minneapolis is only a 90 minute drive for me. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't, I'm not really in with, the right people necessarily I know some people but like with LA I got I went out there with this fashion photographer um, and he introduced me because he was shooting a bunch of these people they were coming to this house I was being introduced to a bunch of people that he knew and because of those connections they the next time I went out to LA connected me to a bunch of people and then the, the last time that I went to LA connected me to a bunch of people so I just have a network there in particular but there's plenty of interesting people in New York because New York's not mm -hmm. that much different than LA in that way it's still another huge metro that people go to for you know various things movies and acting and yeah. whatever so I want to but I kind of like have to build a network to make it worth it I don't want to fly out there for like one or two episodes I want right. to go out and do like a handful at a time Right. No, that makes a ton of sense. That's so crazy how a network can grow, I think. And I think about this a lot, and this is a little bit off topic, but not really. Um, when I was a kid, my dad always used to tell me about the, what did they call it? The um, five degrees of separation or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah, like that theory where no matter who you are or where you are, you're no more than five degrees separated from anybody else on the planet. And I always thought that was so crazy. Okay. And it's true. Like, it is true. And as a little kid growing up in a small town, like a little shy kid growing up in a small town in rural southeastern Kentucky, though, that was crazy. But yeah. he was, my dad was a soldier and he traveled all around the world and stuff like, or he still is actually, but he travels all over the world and has lived in all kinds of places and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, because of him. And then I told him a while back, um, probably about a year ago, I said, you know, what's funny is you used to tell me this and I thought it was so crazy, even though I was like, okay, maybe I can see that. But now I'm that one degree of separation from people because yeah. I've been the one that's traveled and I've got connections to people all over the world. I was like, I know a mayor of a random town in Ireland. Why do I yeah. know? Why? why? 
Yeah. Like, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Why do I have that? Yeah. Or I know, like, a, a bartender in Tokyo. Why do I know that? But it's so crazy how networks are created. That was my point, kind of, yeah. in that, in how wide networks can be, but also how difficult it can be to create them. I don't know. It's just such an interesting idea. Yeah, well, it's ultimately just like friends that see mutually beneficial situations. So networking sounds like stuffy, like when mm-hmm. you just say it does. Like networking, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like true networking, like good, actual good networking is when you work with your friends and you put it out there, what you're trying to do and say, hey, I'm looking for help to do this thing. These are the things that I have in my arsenal skill set that I can help other people with. If anyone knows anybody that thinks it would be a mutually, mutually beneficial situation, let me know. And then all you have to do is find friends that you can help them and they help you. It's not about asking for handouts. It's just right. like, oh, like, well, what can I do for you? If I can't do anything for you right now, maybe something will come up. Hit me up. If there's ever something that pops up where I can help you, let me know. And then we can make it work. And the, the degrees of separation thing is wild because I think about it and it's like, so the only reason that, like Maestro Harrell is an example, the only reason that I met him is because of this fashion photographer. This fashion photographer I'm talking about um, on Instagram, it's at Visual Dirt. But he graduated from uh, high school in the same city I'm from. I didn't oh, know cool. him. I didn't know him back then, but he grew up like, I don't know, he's like four years older than me. So he came back to visit family and he skates. So naturally, I met him during the pandemic when he was back visiting family and stuff because I own the skateboard shop. Right. So I met him. He knows Maestro because right after high school, he's like 35, right after high school, he moved out to New York um, to do photography. Then he lived in London for a while and then he lived in LA for a long time. So he's like big, knows a lot of people in the fashion world. Um, But anyway, so he met Maestro at like Coachella or something. And then I think about, okay, so now I know Maestro and I'm only one degree from him. Maestro knows Michael Jordan. Like he did a commercial (laughs) with him when he was a little kid. So I'm two steps from that guy. And I, that doesn't so mean crazy. I have any real connection to meet him. I'm not going to meet Michael Jordan. But the fact remains that it's only two steps or Lamorne knows him too. So it's just like so crazy that like it really isn't that far off. Yeah. You know, because if you think about that, at that point, it's like, okay, well, I'm two points from, there are two people from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan knows the president, like realistically. I don't know if he knows Biden necessarily, but he definitely knew um, uh, Bill. So it's kind of like, well, I'm not that far away from those people. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you can actually connect to them, but still, right, it's kind of wild. Right, it is wild. I was even going to say, and this is like even a bigger leap than the Clintons, but I was going to say he knows, um, what's his name, whose name I f- just forgot, who knows the uh, dictator of North Korea. Yeah, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. There yeah, you go. Yeah, he knows go. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, Rodman thank you. Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. I could so see I'm... his face. Yeah, so think about, like, I'm, whatever, five people away from Kim Jong-un. Like, <laughs> how is that? Like, you know, it's just I'm crazy. I'm six to think people about. away from Kim Jong-un. That's true. <laughs> exactly. It's really, really crazy to think about. It really is. It's so, it, mm, the world is so much smaller than yeah. people realize. And I think it's gotten even smaller with, like, social media and the internet yeah. and, you know, all of this stuff. What which I don't think is a bad thing. No. But it's just it's so crazy how small it is. Like I 
I mean, I've been to stupid places and just so happened to run into the last person you'd ever expect. Oh, totally. Especially and, if you travel a lot. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it's so crazy. So crazy. Well, speaking of travel, I want to talk to you about your latest trip. Yeah. <laughs> your Well, was, your latest international sense. trip. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to LA since, but... Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Um, which remind me about meeting random people. That's at the end of the story, if I forget, because that okay, ended up turning into an interview, which was pretty crazy. I love so, it. Yeah. So anyways, I decided, that, like, since I got divorced, it, like, my divorce finalized in uh, November, but that kind of took a little while, whatever. Um, I'd never been, like, alone, really, because I was with my ex-wife from when I was 14. So oh, I never wow. really was alone. So I've never traveled totally alone. I've Like, I've gotten on a plane, a plane by myself and gone places but uh-huh. i've gone places where like i met up with work people or i met up with a friend or with family but i've never just like gotten on a plane and gone somewhere that i didn't know anyone totally by myself like i've gone with friends but otherwise i haven't right and so i decided you know what i'm really not good at being alone i'm gonna force myself to do that so i i googled which countries can americans go to right now like literally that's all i did And I scrolled down, and the first one that popped up that seemed interesting was Croatia. And it's because I had a friend that went there years ago, and she was like, yeah, Croatia is like Italy. Like, it's the same general area, but it's not Mm -hmm. near as, like, I don't know. There's tourists, but it's really cool there. It's, like, underrated. I was like, oh, cool. So Croatia pops up, and I'm like, hmm, that looks cool. Travelocity, Croatia. Dollar amount wasn't, like, that ridiculous. So... In a matter of like an hour, I had the idea of going and then booked a flight and like place to stay in Croatia for like 10 days. I love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that was to leave in like a week from when I booked it. So anyway, so I go to, yeah. So I get myself ready and I travel internationally or I have, this is the first time since the pandemic, but I have a good number of times in the past. So I'm traveled enough. I'm seasoned enough. Um, and I asked Travelocity, all they say is that I need a vaccination to go. I don't need any other like tests or anything. And I have the two part Pfizer vaccine. I got it in May. So I'm like, okay, thinking I'm good. Cause in Wisconsin now Delta's coming back and it's a, more of a thing. But at the time it seemed like everything was mellowing out. So I, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, so I'll be good to go. So I get on my flight. I fly, I think my, my connecting flights in Brussels or something. And I get to Croatia. I fly into split Croatia. If you don't know where Croatia is, if you know Italy, looks like a boot. If you go east, there's water on the side of that boot. If you go east across the water, that's the Adriatic Sea. The other coast is Croatia. So it's the same, it has the same types of castles, the same types of history. It's, it's really similar. Split is at the top. Um, and then I traveled from there. I stayed there for a couple of days. It's like a little port town right on the water. Um, super cool. There's like all the buildings are, I don't know, like what you would think of any old Europe, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, like the old town area. Um, so there's that. these like bars and Starbucks and stuff, but they're in these like incredibly old stone buildings. I love that. Super cool. Yeah. So even just walking around that and you can drink um, alcohol in the street. Not that I was love trying that to like, too. get drunk, but as a tourist, I really enjoy just getting a beer from a gas station and then just walking around. Absolutely. Seeing the architecture, like taking pictures of statues of people you have no idea who they are. You Absolutely. Know I mean? Yeah, um, you can, I don't know, sorry, just a like a side yeah, story. I don't know if you can everywhere, but you can have like open alcohol in the trains in Japan. Um, you can at have least, it everywhere there. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember for sure. Yeah. So I got... I got drunk walking down the street and got on a train. That was so much fun. 
Yeah. That was well, it's so just much like a, it's a whole adventure. You're it not is. stuck in one place. You know what I mean? In yeah. America, we're used to like you, you. Your adventure is going from bar to bar, maybe, but not like going out exploring because it's yeah. illegal to have an open container. But yeah, a lot of places it's not. I've been to Japan too, and that yeah, was I was a I thing. was thinking you had yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the evenings, that's a that's a thing for me too. I don't actually any country. I always check if it's legal to drink on the streets. I did that when I was in Peru as well. And rather than sitting in a bar, like dive bars are cool all over the world for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I I really like just like going to a Seven Eleven, grabbing a random beer, and walking around. It's it's cool. It is um, cool. Yeah. So yeah back so, to your story. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of days in Split, uh, and then I took a ferry. It was like a four hour ferry ride. Which I didn't know this, but there's like over 200 islands to Croatia. What? Like, there's tons of them all along the coast. It's island after island after island. Um, and I, I didn't know that before I went there. But anyway, so I took a four-hour ferry ride um, down to Dubrovnik, which used to be its own capital for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, the old times, this like old town's this like big square with these huge walls around it. It was like a whole fortress, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was its own like republic for ever um now it's part of croatia but i went down there and that's where i stayed for the majority of the time and i did all the tourist stuff like you can walk up and walk around the walls where the archers would always be you know that's Uh, so cool went swimming almost every day i rented a jet ski by myself just because and jet skied around islands like wow like a doofus having a great time um tried a bunch of food went all over the covid over there it's different from country to country it's so wild it is so uh, wild. because they're so close together you know what i mean where some yep. countries are like if one person you know gets it everything shuts down there nobody wore a mask anywhere yeah which is I've probably noticed part of that yeah i mean at that well i'll get to that part here in okay. a second i guess but but yeah no one wore a mask there to me i wasn't thinking about it because i figured i don't need a covid test and i was told when i got my pfizer vaccine that if i get covid i probably won't even notice it and it'll be super mild and i'm like well i don't need a test i probably wouldn't notice it i don't think i'm gonna get it because it's like pretty low chance of getting it with this um but anyway so hung out did all the touristy things they had a bunch of bars like right on the water so every night i'd have a couple of beers like looking at the water which was really cool and honestly i don't know how many miles i walked but that city I've, I've hardly ever took any kind of transport. I pretty much walked all the time. Um, but had a great time, met some new friends, met some girls that live in Paris that want me to come visit, which is super cool. That's something you tend to do when you travel is look for tourist bars, meet other tourists, and mm-hmm. you know, make friends all around the globe. Um, well, anyways, when I tried to leave, and I'm like full, so ready to leave by this point because I hate being alone. And it's been like, whatever, nine, ten days of me by, being by myself, you know, for the most part. And I'm like, I, I'm ready to be back home and be back in my space. Um, I talk, I'm like thinking, okay, all I need is my vaccination record. Well, most people don't speak English. Well, they do, but English isn't their main language over right. there. All the tourists and stuff are from France or they're from Germany or whatever. So like, I didn't really hear a lot of people speaking English. I'm not going to walk up to some random person and be like, hey, are you American? But I heard some people talking and I could tell they were American. So I stopped them and I'm like, hey, I just want to check with you guys. All we need is our vaccine to like get home, right? And they're like, "No, you have to get you have to get a COVID test to go home." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because I have like a screenshot of Travelocity telling me that, and they're like, "No, they told us on the plane you have to." And I was like, Perfect. "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll figure that out." So I figure out, and it's a, and they have rapid tests at the airport, which makes sense. So I'm like, "Cool, no big deal. I only have to get to the airport a few hours ahead of time, you know, and it'll be fine." Instead of being there two hours ahead, it only takes like half an hour. I'll be there three hours ahead. Gold. Mm-hmm. So I get there, 
they have a tent. I got to like walk over this tent. There's lines. Everyone's getting COVID tested. So I get tested. I sit and they're like 15 minutes, wait your turn. So I'm waiting and the guy comes out with all the sheets of paper and he calls each person's name, hands them their thing. I get called last and he calls me over and instead of handing it to me, he goes, follow me. And I'm <laughs> like, whoa, what? And he has me follow him to this chair that's just like in this parking lot a little bit of a ways away, just like secluded. Um, there's two chairs. So he sits across from me, hands me my paper, and he goes, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you tested positive for COVID-19. And I'm like, uh, what do you know? That can't be possible. I'm vaccinated. He goes, yes, I'm aware. Um, but, you know, it's unlikely that these things do still happen. And mm-hmm. it did happen to you. You did test positive and I was like why you know and I'm kind of like just freaking out a little bit I'm like right. well I, I can't like I have my kids back home I have to get home my flight's in two hours like I don't have a place to stay here you guys don't like I don't what am I I don't have a car what am I gonna do and he's like well you gotta you know you took the rapid test we're gonna have you take another test just to be sure um but you need to sit you know here for the time being and you're going, or the other test will take 36 hours to come back. In the meantime, um, we're going to phone the Red Cross, and then they're going to call you, and we'll take it from there. And I'm like, what just happened? And yeah. so he just leaves me, and I'm just sitting in this chair, like, kind of freaking out. You know what I mean? I'm breathing heavy, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, what? Do, uh, I, I can't go anywhere. They're, like, supervising me. So, and obviously, I can't get on the plane now. So I just have to sit there. And he comes back. I go take the other test or whatever, and he gets me on the phone with the Red Cross, and they're like, okay, well, we're sending a van to come get you. We have a hotel designated for quarantine. You're going to need to be there for eight days, um, and you're going to pay for all of it. <laughs> and I'm, We love that. Thank yeah, you, Red Cross. Right, and I'm like I, don't have a, like, I don't have a choice, and they're like, no. I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess. And so I start, you know, I'm kind of coming to terms because this is a course of like three hours of me sitting in this chair. Yeah. So eventually the Red Cross comes up. They got their big like armored van. (laughs) Dude comes up and like won't get close to me, like presses a button to open up the gate in the back of the van like it's an army thing and like gives me distance. So I have to go and sit in the back of this van. He brings me to this hotel. I'm getting text messages um, from apparently like my connect person that I have to talk to or whatever you know the Mm go-between and she's like she sends me this message saying something like um you know this isn't a vacation this is really unfortunate but this is how it works you'll be in a room with two beds so there will be another person quarantining with you you'll be served meals three times a day and you're not allowed to leave the room it will be supervised and right away I'm like I'm not sharing a room with somebody like absolutely not so I text her back and I'm like there's no way I'm sharing a room with somebody I'll leave like no, I'll pay more to have a private room, but there's no way you're going to put me in with some random stranger for 10 days. And um, she's like, well, I'll, you know, I'll try to figure something out. So I'm like kind of freaking out now because I'm like, well, this is horrible, number one. But now the thought of like being in one room, like not a dorm, like a, a you know what I mean? Like literally like a right. dorm room where it's like I have zero privacy and I have to be sick and like, no. Yeah, that's what I just thought was it's like being thrown in freshman year, but you can't ever leave the room. I know, but and you're sick, you know, and you're sick. No. So I get there and thankfully 
Um, she's like, I don't know exactly how much it's more it's going to be, but the owner of the hotel is right there. And they're like, we'll give you a private room. And I'm like, oh, my God. Thank Thanks. God. So, yeah. Yeah. So they lead me up. They give me a room. Um, this isn't a nice hotel by any means. Thankfully, they gave me one with a balcony, like, looking at the sea, which is nice. But this room I'm talking about is, like, there's ants everywhere. Like, there's no microwave. There's no fridge. Like, I can't. The bed sucks. Thankfully, there was Wi-Fi and an outlet. So I could at least like go on, you know, my laptop. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm sitting there, I get there and I'm like, I can't believe I have COVID. I can't believe I have COVID. And I'm thinking about it. And then it starts to click like, oh, like I'm breathing heavier. Like I, I think this might be real. A couple of days before that, I went scuba diving. And for the first, normally when you go scuba diving, you get to go on two dives. Uh-huh. Um, they take you on a boat, you go to two locations. The first dive, I couldn't get my ears to, like, equalize. I don't know if you're familiar with how that works. Yeah. But I couldn't get one of mine to equalize, and I've never had that issue in any of my dives. And I have my own gear. I dive a lot. Um, And I thought it was strange that I was breathing heavy, but I didn't think of COVID, you know? Right. Um, So it made me reflect on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have COVID for sure. And I called my dad, and I'm talking to him from, you know, saying, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. i got to figure out something with my kids. And I'm realizing after every sentence, I'm taking a deep breath and I'm like, I'm screwed. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, I guess I just have to settle in and do this. And I thought like, I made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to do a bunch of pushups. I'm going to like read some books, do some help, you know, self-help stuff, do some meditation. And within a day I was just toast, like no energy. I could hardly stay awake for like, couldn't even stay awake for a movie on my laptop. I just, every hour I'd fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. And they they were serving me meals every like three times a day. They would knock on my door. I had to wait sixty seconds to open the door to grab my meal. And my meal was like seriously jail food. I like, saw I those. Oh my god! It was, and I eat healthy. Like I like to cook. I eat good food. And this food was like, so bad. Yeah, like I'm talking like cold hot dogs with plain white bread. I was gonna like, say one day it was just a hot dog. Yeah, and I'm like I'm not. I'm not going to eat this. No. <laughs> like, what? What? No. You know, and they, I, I wasn't even getting like bottles of water. I was drinking like tap water from my bathroom sink. Like, it was, and I oh, couldn't order man. anything in. Yeah. So on top of being sick, it's like, I can't even get like nutrition to try to like beat it. Better. Yeah. yeah. So thankfully I had the vaccine because it could have been worse. I didn't have to be hospitalized or whatever. Right. But so I ended up having to book a new flight, which was almost a grand, which sucked. Oh, God. Um, and the hotel, at, you know, I stayed, made me pay 600 some dollars, like $700 or something to stay, made it through my whole quarantine. It was horrible, honestly, but whatever watched, I never watched TV, watched a bunch of TV on my laptop <laughs> and whatever, did some Instagram stuff. When I went to leave, they, I got a letter from the Croatian government. It was supposed to be 10 days from the day that you had symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so when they talked to me, I'm like, oh, I had symptoms the day I dove you know, because I thought about it. And so 10 days from then, right? So I get my letter saying from the Croatian government saying, Chris Johnson's good to travel because of this. So I have my my flight booked for the second I could leave that room, right? Mm -hmm. Like that morning, I'm like, I'm getting out of here. So I get to the airport, they check my thing, and I have a connecting flight in Amsterdam. So I fly to Amsterdam. And I get there. And I go to my gate for my connecting flight. And I'm, I, go, I go to the gate and I see this dude with a, a skateboard and several more like saran wrapped to it. And I'm a big skateboard nerd. I own a skateboard shop. Yes. I, I can tell. I'm like, I know who this is. 
Um, so I walk up and I'm like, what's up, Blake? And he turns around and he's like, oh, what's going on, man? And it's Blake Johnson, who I'm sure your listeners don't know, but he's a professional skateboarder for Santa Cruz, Adidas, Ricta, like all these brands. He's okay, relatively cool. well known. Yeah. So I, I walk up to him and so I'm like stoked. I'm like, I'm going home. I get to like talk with this dude I've been a fan of. Talk to him for a good 20 minutes. And as we're going up to like get on the plane, he's like, oh, what zone are you in? He shows me his ticket. And he's sitting, like, his seat is literally next to me for this, like, nine-hour flight. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I was like, dope, this is going to be cool. And I'm thinking, like, I'm going to, you know, we'll, we'll become friends. I'll line up an interview with him. Apparently, he had been living in Spain for the last couple of years because um, of the pandemic, but he's going to be in L.A. and stuff for a while. I'm like, perfect. And he was going to be going to Minneapolis for a little bit, too. So I'm like, I'll line up an interview with him after I make friends with him. This is going to be really cool. Um, well, we go in separate lines. I get to the front of my line. And they won't let me get on my plane. Are you kidding me? No, because it had been nine days since my COVID test, not 10. Even though I had symptoms earlier and I had my letter from the Croatian government saying I'm good to go, Amsterdam wouldn't let me leave. So, Oh, so that's why you had that long layover in Amsterdam. Right. So they thankfully that time moved my flight to the next day without charging me. Um, but now I'm stuck in Amsterdam with all my stuff. Thankfully, I didn't let them take my bags. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm stuck in Amsterdam and I'm like, I guess do what I got to do. It was like 1030 in the morning. I took a train downtown and then the first hotel I saw I paid for, which was too expensive. Uh, but by like noon, I'm like, well, I don't fly out till like 11 the next day. I guess I have all day in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. And I like because I woke up at four in the morning or whatever. But I took a short nap and then I had one day in Amsterdam, which was kind of cool. You yeah, know? that is kind of cool. Yeah, I walked around and, like, had some drinks and stuff. Like, I, that's not a very big city, actually. Yeah. It's very walkable. So I probably walked eight miles through all the different, like, roads, through all the canals and stuff. And, like, walked around the red light district at night to see all the crazy people. And yeah. It was, it was, it was I, really, I would love to have been there with a friend and when it, I wasn't that ready to be home. But if I had to be stuck for a day somewhere, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so I spent the day in Amsterdam, which was kind of like at least a decent end to my trip. Got to the airport the next day, just like crossing my fingers, like, please, please, please get to the front of the queue. And they have to call a supervisor to check to see if I can leave. They're like giving me more problems. And thankfully, they actually let me get on the flight. And I was like, so happy yeah, I that, bet. They, that they let me get on that flight. Um and then when I got back, there's a super line of, long line of customs, and I was crossing my fingers there, too. I'm like, just like, mm -hmm. let me in, please. I've never wanted to come back to America that bad. <laughs> I feel that. Um, but yeah, so I ended up finally eventually coming back. Um, it, it was a cool trip out in Croatia, but I would never travel again internationally until things, like, lighten up. Because right. it's like, if you get stuck like that, that cost me well over two grand to stay extra. I had to stay an extra 10 days, which means I had to pay an employee a bunch of money on top of what I paid for my flight and the food. And I had to um, figure out daycare things for my kids. Yeah. It was, it was a massive setback, but going back to Blake random, I had to record for season seven of my show. Um, so I was only home for maybe a week and a half before I flew out to LA for a week. And um, I'm friends with, like I interviewed the brand manager for Santa Cruz. So basically this dude's boss um, a while ago. And so I messaged him and I was like, hey, do you have anyone for me to interview? And he's like, yeah, Blake's in town. So I ended up being connected with Blake anyways. And on the L.A. trip a few weeks later, um, I took a Uber out to his mom's place out by Venice 
and interviewed him at his mom's apartment. <laughs> That's so incredible. Yeah, met this dude in Amsterdam and then yeah, a few weeks later, I got to hang out with him in LA and interview him anyways. And he was like, oh yeah, I remember you. I thought, I was wondering where you were. I got to have a seat empty next to me the whole flight home, which was cool though. Was like, <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> I was going to ask if he remembered you or if he like wondered where you went. Yeah, yeah. He remembered me and he's like, I don't, I don't know what happened. He's like, I, I knew this guy was supposed to sit next to me. I don't know why he's not here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so crazy how that worked out. Yeah, think about that of like where over. you meet people, right? Like, yeah. I met this pro skater in an airport in Amsterdam, but Insane. we actually have mutual friends out in California, and then I hang out with them there. It's just, it's yeah, it's crazy how that works. That is so crazy. He was, like, it was meant to be one way or another. You were meant to meet up with him and interview him and all of that. Oh, that yeah. is so cool. Totally. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, the takeaway is, like, it's cool to travel internationally, but I don't but suggest it. But not right it. now. <laughs> yeah, I don't suggest it right now. There's too much up in the air with what can happen. Even mm -hmm. if you're vaccinated, you can definitely still get it. And a lot of, that's the thing, right, is a lot of people are getting COVID right now that don't show symptoms, so they don't know they have COVID. Yeah. But if you're international, you have to take a test. So yeah. even if you have no symptoms, you're going to be stuck now, and you don't want that to happen. Yeah, no, you don't want that to happen. That does not sound like a fun end to uh, what was a very fun trip. Yeah, I but mean, I if you hope... have COVID at home, you can get some stuff done at home. You can have right. friends drop off whatever fast food you want or, you know, bring you groceries or something. You can, you have access to all the things. You can play your whatever video game or read your books because you could have, you know what I mean? I didn't have any supplies. So yeah. Like the longest 10 days ever. Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine I really but cannot imagine. I figure now, like, what could possibly go worse when I travel? Now I'm like, that's ready for anything. true. <laughs> okay, that is very true. But I hope that that doesn't ruin the memory of that trip for you. I hope no, I don't that. Think so. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good. Because I know that that was a very important trip for you, like for a handful of reasons. So I want it to still be a good memory for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, I mean, it was. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a pretty cool memory to look back on, despite yeah. how uncomfortable it was for those that part of it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes sometimes life is like, mm, here's a lesson. It's a lesson, and then think about the stories you get to tell. Not many yeah. people have a story like that to share, and I'm going to be Not many. about that one and get to tell friends about that forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, when you're, like, I don't know. 70 or something and your grandkid is like hey grandpa did you ever have covid you get to yeah. tell that story yeah way cooler than most people's COVID stories. way cooler than most people <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right well thank you so much for coming on today we i really enjoyed this conversation we didn't even get to talking about artwork and that means that we have another episode that we're gonna yeah. have to record oh yeah i would love to come up come back on and talk about artwork and talk about like all the different things that I've been able to learn, the different people that I've gotten to talk uh, to and the things, you know, yes. attached to that. There's like, there's a lot to unravel. So much has happened in the last like seven months. That's been the crazy part for me is like way overworking myself. Um, but since I've gotten divorced, I've like fully delved all of my time and energy into like my professional endeavors. And I'm yeah. like a bit burnt out, but I have like <laughs> been able to do so much in that time frame. It's kind of, I don't know, blows my mind anyway. Well, so, that's yeah. really impressive. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really want you to come back on and talk about your artwork because I love your artwork. I think it's really cool and really unique. And um, yeah, I, I want the people to hear about it. Well, thanks so much. I just did a mural in somebody's house the other day. So Stop. That's yeah. really cool. I don't yeah. think I've seen that yet. Yeah. Well, I didn't post it. So okay. I'll, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll DM it to you. But Please I'm hoping, send me that. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to secure a wall in my, in my city to do like a big eight foot like thing. So that's we'll see. so cool. I would love there in my hometown, there's a bunch of murals being painted, like in the downtown area. The tourism department is really like stepping up its game. My friend's mom is the new tourism director. So she's oh, like cool. doing all kinds of cool stuff. And um, they've got a really awesome muralist in there doing some stuff. And I was like, I want to do one. So my parents have a historic uh, building. And they're giving me this, like, small space to, um, like, do something on. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, I'm really, yeah, I want to do more art. Art, like, it's not, like, a big financial thing for me, um, but it's just really, really fun. It's right. like a cool outlet. So, yeah, next time we can talk about art. We can talk about um, all the new people that I've had on the show. Yes. I, talking about city stuff, I uh, got, like, uh, I guess elected by the city council and appointed a position to be on, like, my parks commission. So That's I'm a city so official cool. back home, and I have a bunch of stuff I'm trying to do um, for, like, the youth in my city. So, like, that's a whole other conversation. <sighs> I got a lot of things going on. <laughs> Chris, that's incredible. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you and excited to talk about these things in the future. So, listeners, that means you all have to tune in next time for sure because we've given you a taste. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And you got to check out my show. There's so many yes. cool ones. And it's not me talking about myself. It's other people. And these people are really cool people. So, it's worth checking out. Yes, plug yourself. Okay. So, on Instagram, it's just at passionpod. Honestly, at this point, if you just Google Passion Pod, it'll pop up. It's like a little yeah. skull that'll pop up. Granted, I'm doing a rebrand that's about to be announced. Um, I paid a friend of mine who's a graphic designer to redo everything really professionally, and it's so sick because the branding's based around me personally. Oh, uh, love um, that. So really excited for all that stuff to unfold. But still, if you Google Passion Pod, it will pop up. Don't do Passion Podcast because there's a bunch of like Christian stuff. I don't <laughs> have any problem with religion, but that's not my show. So Passion Pod... Instagram is just Passion Pod. That's the only social media platform I really use. Um, on there is a link tree to all the different places to listen. But the same thing, if you just type in Passion Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, I guess I'll be on YouTube soon. I don't do video stuff because I interview on the go, which makes yep. it really difficult to like carry around cameras to interview people on rooftops and wherever else I meet them. Um, so. I don't do video yet, but I will be uploading all of them. So that way the audio is on YouTube here sometime soon. In the meantime, Apple Podcasts and Spotify is where almost everybody listens to it. I also own a skateboard shop, which is called Passion Board Shop. So you can find my store there. Um, lots of cool things there. I sell a lot of apparel, um, and I've paid designers to make pretty cool apparel. So even mm-hmm. if you don't listen to a ton of episodes, it's pretty cool. Um, you can find some of that stuff. The website's being redone right now. Um, so by the time this comes out, there should be a bunch of cool new things up on there. Um, but passionpod.org is the website. So you can find stuff on there. And yeah, I mean, honestly, if you just go to Instagram, you'll find all the information you really want to know. Yeah. He loves his Instagram. Yeah, that's the platform. That's the platform. That's the one. And for anybody who doesn't know where to find I've Been Thinking, other than wherever you're listening, um, you can find us on Instagram at I've Been Thinking Pod. Um, I don't really do Twitter. I tried. I can't do it. 
Um, there's a Facebook, I've Been Thinking with Elena Grace, um, and the website, I've Been Thinking Pod.com. So those are the top ones. And then also um, have the Patreon up doing bonus episodes. I've been patreon.com forward slash I've Been Thinking Pod. So that's yep. where you can find us. You have? Do you have a Patreon yet, Chris? I do, and it's about to get super cool in my city. Um, there's a whole program that I'm announcing that's attached with a ton of local businesses through it. Yeah, yeah. this idea is really, really rad, so we could talk about it on the next one, so that way I don't go on another long monologue. <laughs> but that's that's also on my link tree. There is okay, there are perfect. also bonus episodes. You get discounts on, on apparel and all kinds of things. One quick thing that I do want to ask your yeah. listeners to do, and this isn't really on behalf of me, but for you, anyone that listens... I know that a lot of you don't spend money on Patreon, therefore you're not financially supporting, and that is totally okay because you're still consuming the content. But if you're enjoying the content, please do something for Elena. The easiest thing to do is just write a review on Apple Podcasts. It takes no amount of time. Even if you don't want to type anything, type type a sentence that just says, or even a two words of, it's great. If you just do five-star reviews, those things make a huge, huge difference for all the, all the dumb analytics that shouldn't matter but do. It's so true. So write a review for her. That's really, really helpful. Or just share her stuff on things like Instagram. There are a lot of ways that don't cost money to support things like these shows. Oh, you angel. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and like I said, thank you for coming on. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you loved it. And I hope you're ready for another episode with Chris. <laughs> we'll be back I've- soon. Be back soon. I'll talk at y'all guys later. Bye. (laughs) What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.